Today's scripture is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 49 to 56. Hear these words of scripture. I have come to bring fire on earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? The word of God for the people of God Thanks be to God. Thank you, Linda. Well, as I said earlier, my name is Matt Malott. Some of you may recognize me from VBS. I looked a little different then. I had a different hat on every day. Uh, and I was, yes, dancing with Matt Abel, uh, showing off some not great dance moves. Uh, so I'm the same person, but uh, different context. So I'm very different today, I guess. Anyways, moving on. Um, so over the last few weeks, uh, we've been talking about being on a road trip with Jesus, the journey of discipleship. My family went on a lot of road trips when I was a kid. Uh, some of the trips were pretty short and some of them took days. Uh, one time, we drove out to Colorado from my hometown of Baltimore, Maryland, uh, which, if you didn't know, is 1,700 miles or so. Um, and the main east-west highway that you take is I-70. So my parents thought it would be pretty cool to hop on I-70, which starts in Baltimore, and then take that same road, 1,700-plus miles, due west for four days, with my brother and myself in the back seat, it was an interesting trip. Um, actually, it was a not interesting trip, which makes it problematic. But anyways, so, uh, yeah, they thought this would be cool. They thought it would be a lot of fun. Um, but we realized that on I-70, other than the big cities of Kansas City, St. Louis, Columbus, there's not a lot going on off of I-70. And it was rather boring. And my parents decided never to do that ever again. So, the route of I-70, though, was really convenient. The one advantage of this trip was that we hopped on I-70 in Baltimore, turned left onto I-70, got off 1,700-odd miles later, turned right to Denver, and then that was it. 
That was the directions. That was the Google Maps. It was like three things, like turn left, get on I-70, stay on I-70 for 1,700 plus miles, turn right, and you're at Denver. It was great. Google Maps didn't take you onto a one-lane farm road because it thought it was the fastest way instead of having to go down two blocks and make a left. And we knew where we were going and how to get there. Now, while this road trip was pretty straightforward in terms of directions, the journey of discipleship can be quite confusing at times. And it can be hard to understand what to do and when. On their journey with Jesus, the disciples see all kinds of signs which clue them in on who Jesus is and what his presence means for God's work in the world. When we last left them, they were with Jesus on the way to Jerusalem, where Jesus anticipates his death. Jesus is surrounded by large crowds who are eager to hear his teachings and by scribes, Pharisees, and other religious leaders who try to test him and challenge his teachings. Throughout the trip, the disciples are consistently struggling to make sense of what Jesus is doing and saying. And today's passage follows one of those critical moments where Jesus calls the disciples to stay ready after he has gone. And they don't quite get it. And he follows that up by saying, I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a, baptized, I have a baptism with which to be baptized with. And what stress I am under until it is completed. Well, that probably didn't help, because that's also confusing. And to understand it, we got to look at the second half first, and then make sense of the first half. Jesus is talking about a baptism that he is about to undergo. And that baptism is his death on the cross an event that will mark him forever in his hands and feet and will change the world. And the fire, then, is the fire of baptism. It's not the fire of judgment. It's the fire of purification. It's the fire of the Holy Spirit who came to the disciples at Pentecost and comes to us at baptism. It cleanses us from our sins and connects us with God. It's the fire that's to go out into the world. Jesus, Jesus follows this by saying that he brings division. Jesus challenges every person to respond to his message. By revealing himself, by coming to heal a broken world, Jesus poses the question to everyone, are you in or are you out? Will you follow me. In a first century world, the world of Jesus's life, a Jew needed to decide whether they believed that Jesus was the Messiah or not. Gentiles or non-Jews were asked to choose between a whole pantheon of gods and a God who sacrificed himself on a cross, a symbol of Roman authority and cruelty. In their time following Jesus, sorry, in their time, following Jesus would mean division within their families. 
Choosing to follow Jesus led many ancient Jews to be forced out of their communities. For pagans, choosing to honor other gods threatened the well-being of the family and of society. This is the division that Jesus brings. And even today, choosing to follow Jesus can disrupt relationships, even though we live in a society that has Christian foundations. Today, we too are asked to choose between Jesus and various, though less obvious, gods. Yes, there are lots of other religions out there vying for our attention and worship, but many of the gods of our society are harder to spot. An idol or god is anything that you put in God's place. It's something you pray to, worship, and rely on. Something you give your time, talent, and treasures to instead of to God, or instead of giving them to others as an extension of God's love. An idol is something that you find your purpose and meaning in other than God, or again, other than in giving to God or others. For me, I'm a teacher, uh, that's my job in the regular day-to-day -day life. I would say that I am fulfilled in my teaching and I find purpose and meaning in the work I do with the students that I have. But ultimately, my work is for the purpose of love of God and love of neighbor. Teaching isn't the end in and of itself for my life. I don't find all of my identity and purpose in it. It is a means to an end in service of God and one another. It is not the end in and of itself. The key is that an idol is something that you hold supreme as the end in and of itself for your existence or life in general. And you shape your life around it. Idolatry is the service of other gods besides the big G, God. And our society has many of them. Our society is all about earning as much money as you can at whatever cost to the people around you and the environment we share. It is a society that is wrapped up in false presentations of truth by media companies who, again, are all about that almighty dollar. It is a society that is all about you and getting what you want as soon and as cheaply as possible. Thanks, Amazon. With social media and cell phones being so central to our lives, our society is becoming addicted to these tiny devices and the presentations of ourselves we can make with them. Trust me, I work with high schoolers. This is all they think about. In such a society, choosing to follow Jesus can be quite divisive, especially when you put people before money, put justice before convenience, and put others before yourself. Jesus is taking us on a journey that requires us to respond 
He's asking, are you with me on this journey? Are you following the signs for a different path than the one society expects of you? In today's scripture, Jesus is trying to clue the disciples in and the crowds in on what this journey of discipleship looks like. Remember, after speaking of division, Jesus goes on, he turns to the crowds and tells them to read the signs, the signs of the times. God's judgment and salvation is at hand. Jesus has been going around exercising demons, giving sight to the blind and healing the sick. It's getting pretty obvious that God is moving and working. But this isn't going the way the religious leaders and many others expected. The expectations for the Messiah varied. But many people expected someone to come and restore Israel's relationship with God. And then to also set the people free to rule themselves rather than be ruled by Roman government. to restore the kingdom of David. And Jesus isn't doing what they expected. Such a person would logically have been much cozier with the religious leaders than Jesus was. Such a person would be working with the rich and the powerful to conspire to overthrow Roman control of the region. Instead, Jesus is walking the streets with the poor, hanging out with lepers and the unclean, and eating with prostitutes and tax collectors. This is a very different restoration and a different kind of kingdom that Jesus is working towards. And the religious leaders and many in the crowds, they can't make sense of it. They don't understand the road signs for this journey with Jesus. So what about us? Can we make sense of these road signs, the ones that point us down the path that Jesus treads towards? To a different kind of kingdom. A kingdom where the king laid down his life for his subjects and calls us to do the same for one another. We've all been in places where the disciples are in terms of being unable to make sense of signs. Particularly modern-day road signs. I mean, maybe it was later in the evening and the glare of the setting sun or, you know, street lighting wasn't great and you missed the road that you were supposed to turn off on. Or maybe the signs were really confusing, like every single sign for the on-ramp to I-77 or I-90 in downtown Cleveland, which seems to somehow point to an alley or some random back road rather than the actual highway you're supposed to get on. Or maybe IMAPS makes it look like you're supposed to turn here when you're actually supposed to turn like 100 yards down the road. It can be hard to figure out where Jesus wants us to go while on this journey with him. It isn't easy to make sense of the times we live in and to know what God is doing and where God is doing it. But Jesus, just like my family on that long road trip on I-70 West, Jesus has his eyes set on one destination, Jerusalem, and his self-sacrifice. 
And if we follow Jesus, that means we too are called to look outside ourselves to the world around us. Elsewhere, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This is it. This is the big road sign for us on our journey of discipleship. We are called to see and to do everything in our lives through this lens. And when we aren't sure how to live out this commandment, we have guides. We can turn to God in prayer. We can look to God's word for direction. And we can lean on the people that God has put in our lives. And so... Jesus confronts the disciples and the crowds with the very nature of his road trip. A road trip that will not be easy, that will cause division, but a road trip that seeks a better world. Brought here to earth through the Holy Spirit. Jesus confronts them with a need to make a decision. Will you follow me? And just as Jesus confronts them and points to the things he is doing as indicators of what it takes to follow him, so also Jesus confronts us. He confronts us with the same question. Will you follow me? Will you follow me on this road that leads to my death and suffering? Will you follow me on the road that requires you to forsake those other gods and instead to worship me? Will you follow me on a road that requires you to walk as I have walked? To walk a path of selflessness and sacrifice in order to change the world. This is the heart of what Jesus asks us in this passage. And the vision of the journey that Jesus calls us to is not a journey that leads to comfort, wealth, or prestige, but one that calls us to live as he lived doing all things and giving all of ourselves in love of God and love of neighbor. Amen. Let's pray. Oh God, grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As we move to a time of corporate prayer, I want to invite those who are joining online to share any joys or concerns you might have in the comments on Facebook or at prayer at brexvilleumc.com. Now please stand in body or in spirit as we sing our next song.
There are several prayer concerns uh, that have been brought before us this morning. Uh, first, Christy asked for prayer for kids going to college and for the Buckner family uh, in the Revere schools at the sudden loss of their dad, who was also a football coach. Um, Marla asked for prayers for Cheryl, who is battling lung cancer. Diana asked for prayers for Reagan, who had passed away one year ago at two years old. And Kathy asked for prayers for her Aunt Lydia, who is battling cancer. And then uh, there's one more, if I can find it. There it is. Uh, prayers for Tom Taylor um, as he continues to recover from uh, some cognitive uh, difficulties uh, that have led to falls and hospitalizations. So uh, let's lift up these prayers before the Lord. Refining God, the blaze of your honesty separates truth from falsehood in our lives. We too quickly assume that reality is based on how we perceive the world. Arrogantly, we treat you as someone doing our bidding, waiting to fulfill our whims or wants, and unable or unwilling to, un to challenge our most cherished idols. Your vision, your timing, and your intense passion are at times very foreign to us. Our misguided intentions seek shallow answers, blind agreement, and approval of what we already believe. Erect within us courage that shatters and exceeds assumed boundaries. Release us from illusions that dampen your fire within us. Build a kingdom sensitivity that yields to your will. Help us to step back and ask, what our Lord, do you seek from us? Where are you leading? Show us how we should care. And when we trust you completely, whether family, friend, or stranger, we will love all people as you love them. We are ready for your open future, for in the days ahead, we will find you already at work. We pray these things in faith, knowing that your spirit is at work in our world, making all things new. And we pray particularly for Tom, 
for the Buckner family, for Lydia, for the family of Reagan, and for Reagan, and for Cheryl. Lord, that you would be with them and at work, healing, making whole, and giving comfort and love. And Lord, we pray together now using the words Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we leave here, our hope is that you will take God with you into the world, living into our mission to create safe spaces to grow with God and with one another. Not just in this place, but in your daily lives. Here are some opportunities to do just that. Our last worship in the woods is coming this Saturday, August 20th at 9 a.m. We'll meet in the Brexville Reservation, go on a short hike together, and then have a small worship service in the woods. Then we'll hike back for coffee and muffins. It's a great opportunity to invite friends and get to know others at BUMC. You can sign up at BUMCLinks.com or contact the church office for more information. There's a school supply drive happening. We are collecting school supplies and backpacks, not for me, which I have enough anyways, it's fine. Uh, but for elementary and middle school children in our school district, um, while the number of kids eligible for free and reduced lunch in our school district is well below the state average, there are still hundreds of families who have a hard time making ends meet. And so you can help them. Pick up a list uh, in the entryway or at BUMCLinks.com and drop off the items here at the church by Sunday, August 28th. Our goal is to fill 50 backpacks, and I know we can hit that. School is right around the corner. It's already here for some of us. Tuesday is my first day. It's very soon. Um, we will have a special blessing of the backpacks on Sunday, August 28th at both services. So anyone going back to school, students, teachers, school staff, bus drivers, um, all are welcome uh, to bring their school bag and receive a blessing as they begin this new school year. And then confirmation uh, is right around the corner. So confirmation is for seventh graders on up to dig into what it means to be a Christian and discern whether they want to claim the name Christian for themselves. Dana, our youth director, uh, and an awesome group of teachers work together to create a safe space for these teens to ask questions, learn, and grow. Classes begin on September 18th, and if you would like to learn more, there's a parent meeting on uh, August 28th at 11 o'clock. That would be right after this service in two weeks uh, in the youth room, which I'm sorry to say, it's all the way at the top. Um, 
If you have any questions, contact Dana at youth at brexvilleumc.com or contact our office. And those are our action steps for the week. So uh, let's close in a benediction and a song. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. And go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Let's walk together. Thank you.